You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Atlanta Realtor Rundown. Uh, I'm your host today, Matt LaMarche. Thank you so much for being here and for uh, subscribing and leaving us a review. We really, really appreciate that. Hopefully, you're finding some value in the podcast episodes here and with our guests that we have here every other week. So thank you again for being here. We really appreciate it. Today, I'm really excited. Um, I actually mentioned this before the show as we were going back and forth. I would probably not be sitting in the studio, much less in the Atlanta Realtors Association, in any capacity, if it were not for the man that sits before me today, a patriarch in Atlanta <laughs> real estate. <laughs> Is that, I didn't know I was that old. Uh, well, that's a that's like a sign of, or a, um, you know, that's a thing of respect. That's a is that not that's that's a good thing. I think I'm old. Okay. <laughs> His words, not mine. A patriarch, I think, maybe we need to define this. But uh, anyway, Scott Askew, thank you so much for being here for uh, today to, to record this episode with us. But to share your vast, mature knowledge, we'll just say. Mature is better than old, I think. Um, for uh, for everything Atlanta real estate, but also to give us some history, as well as what I think, uh, you know, based on the, the offline conversations that we've had, very powerful for new agents, for veteran agents, for people that are maybe looking to shake things up a little bit. Um, you've seen a lot of change in Atlanta, um, and you've seen a lot of change in Atlanta real estate. So without further ado, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, I'll try to be as nice and... and <laughs> answer questions as best I can. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you here. So let's start with the beginning. How did Scott get into real estate? Uh, well, first off, my father was a broker. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of different kind of jobs growing up. I laid sewer lines with Reedsville prison inmates out on their early work release program Lester Maddox had. Um, I bartended at the Brandy House. A lot of people, well, they'd have to be closer to my age to know where the Brandy House was. Um, I built homes with the Sims brothers uh, in the Vinings and Smyrna area in uh, high school and my first summer uh, after my freshman year in college. And so it was Christmas break my senior year in college. I came home, I'm having lunch with my mom and dad, and my father looks at me and says, well, son, you know, pretty soon you're going to be getting out of school. Do you have an idea what you're going to do? And I looked at him, and I decided decided to go into real estate. And he says, no. (laughs) I was like, what? He says, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, what? And he said, no, 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 no. And I said, what? He says, you'll never make it. (laughs) And I was like, love you too, dad. Thanks for the encouragement. Yeah. I mean, I am introverted, and a lot of people don't know that unless they know me mm-hmm. because I can, in real estate, I can turn on a different switch. But uh, I prefer to be pretty much on my own and do my own thing. My dad, of course, knew that. And so he was like, no, no. So after a while, he said, okay, tell you what, you tell me why you think you can do this real estate business. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I built houses, you know, and so I, I really enjoyed watching, taking just a raw piece of dirt and 
seeing a structure, you know, being erected on it. And then bartending, I think I improved a little bit on how to talk to people that I didn't necessarily know. And so I think this would be a good thing for me to do. And he just looked at me and kind of shook his head and said, all right, well, okay. But as soon as you take your last exam, you know, you're going to have to get started. Mm -hmm. I said, yes, sir. Now, my dad was 42 when I was born. My mother was 40 when I was born. And back in the 50s, that was an oddity. So they were kind of like my friend's grandparents. Mm -hmm. And you didn't mess with them. It's just, you know, and I'll say, yes, sir. <laughs> and so sure enough, uh, six days after my last final exam at Georgia, I'm in real estate school. Mm -hmm. And off we go. Um, so that's how I got started. Um, real estate's changed a lot. No, it hasn't. <laughs> um, the technology is really the only thing that's changed. <clears throat> right. Everything else is all about people skills. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think some people try to get so much into the electronic world uh, that they lose that personal touch. Yeah. And that's the one thing I think that many of us need to take a better look at. I love that. Well, and that's the perfect kind of title of today's taking the old and making it new again. Because to me, the technology is great. I love social media. I love every new, you know, widget and gadget that comes out. But at the same time, the shiny stuff kind of distracts sometimes from the business, the core business, and how you can become successful in this business doesn't require all that. Certainly helps, certainly, you know, accelerates the learning curve, but doesn't necessarily, um, you know, sustain the business. There's some tried and true things that regardless of when you came through Atlanta real estate, still work. So talk to us a little bit about your progression. Obviously, you started out in sales as an individual agent, I assume. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And did they have teams? Did they no. have groups of people that were working together? Well, if I was going to go out of town, I'd pick somebody in my office who might be in, in town. <laughs> sure, and I'm sure. out of town, and I'd say, hey, cover for me. And that was, right. that was team. Gotcha. Gotcha. Different <laughs> than it is today though. Right. Yeah. Like, and I know there's a lot of different models, business models, as well as team models and, you know, brokerage there there's, to me, there's more uh, variety than there probably ever has been. Would you agree? Or I think so. You know, the real estate commission, uh, is looking at teams and they proposed some changes for teams. And then the state legislature said, no, nah, we're not ready to make a change. So that's was taken off the board about six months ago, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, everybody has their own way of doing business sure. and that's fine, mm -hmm. but just do it, you know, in a legal manner and, and ethically and everything else ethically that, yeah. and yeah. take care of the client and forget about yourself. And if you do that, you'd be surprised how successful you can be in this business. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit, um, about your, progression within, you know, going from salesperson to broker to, you know, where you are today, but also talk to us about how things have changed. Like, is there anything that's again, still true that again, the fundamentals that we talk about how to get business and how to lead generate. I mean, you and I have talked quite a bit about this, um, you know, about particular scenarios and stuff, but have you seen anything that just isn't true anymore in real estate that used to be? No. Well, there was one technique that was somewhat, well, actually, it was very commonplace. Uh, if I were writing up an offer on your listing, 
I would call you up and say, Matt, I've got an offer for your listing. And you said, okay, let me call you back. And you would call your owner and find out when was a convenient time for me to come. And the two of us, I would present the offer to your uh, seller. And we don't do that. Hardly ever do I hear that. Mm -hmm. The only time I hear of it is I always suggest to our folks, if we have multiple offers come in on a listing, then offer to allow people to personally deliver and uh, introduce the seller to this buyer and you know their, their offer. If you do that, one, the agents that are trying to co-op with you are going to trust you more. Because mm. right now, you know as well as I do, there are a lot of times we would call a listing agent and say, you know, make an offer, writing up an offer for you. And they would say something like, oh, well, I've got multiple offers. Mm -hmm. I might call BS on that. Right. Uh, but how do you do that? Sure. Um, and I can get back into that later. But uh, by telling people, hey, come on by, mm -hmm. you'll find people, you, the buyer agents will say, oh, no, that's okay. You go right ahead. They mm -hmm. don't want to put the effort out. <laughs> But sure. they now know that you're not messing with them. Right, right. Being honest with them. And so that's a little thing that I think we did in the olden days. We're really not doing it now, mm -hmm. but I think we should revisit that and consider that as a possible way to make more friends in the real estate industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we've talked a lot about this too, not just here at the Atlanta Realtors, but within other brokers and stuff, there, there is this sense of collaboration that, mm -hmm. you know, if you really break it down, we're all trying to get to the same place right? <laughs> with our buyers and with our sellers. We're ultimately trying to sell their house. We're ultimately helping them find a house that fits every single one of their needs, checks every single box, if that even exists. Did homes used to exist that checked everybody's box, by the way? Not so much. Uh, <laughs> it, it, maybe. <laughs> Uh, it, it was more common that maybe you checked all the right boxes for one party, but if, ah. there, if there was two parties involved in the yeah. buying decision, that makes sense. A lot of times, you know, the second party was, you know, felt a little sure, shortchanged. Sure. Got it. So, because I feel like it's gotten more complicated to try to check more of those boxes. But anyway, I digress. Um, so yeah, you're you're right. Um, I, I love the idea though of, and I think this is something that we should bring back. Because I think you're right. I think that spirit of collaboration, I think that face-to-face, -face, like outside of the closing table and outside of maybe a showing where a listing agent is present, like when when do we see each other? I mean, outside of events and stuff, right. you know. Um, but if you're with a brokerage and I'm with another brokerage, we may never meet face-to-face -face and we can still do a deal together. Absolutely. Which I think is is one of the opportunities that we, uh, we maybe we need to bring that back we'd love to hear from you guys down in the comments here uh if you if should we bring this back because i'm i like this idea um talk to us a little bit about how you built your business so what yeah. did you do for lead generation how did you differentiate yourself um you know obviously i gotta believe there weren't quite as many realtors you guys didn't have sixteen thousand realtors <laughs> close no. to no no you know I, I, <laughs> A good thing that you just brought that up, but it's on the side table. Mm -hmm. uh, according to the Georgia Real Estate Commission, as of October 31st, we have a little over 4,700 more agents than we did October of last year. One year ago, yeah. Yeah, one year ago. 
So the competition is, you know, building up. But since we are in a slowing period, mm -hmm. it looks like we're going to probably lose that 4,700, yeah. I would think. But how I got started, I got very, very lucky. Of course, again, back in the olden days, you would pass your, uh, your class to then give you the opportunity to take the state exam. You pass the state exam, but everything was done by mail. And mm -hmm. so you knew once you heard that you had passed, you had to mail your uh, diploma, per se, to the Real Estate Commission, and the Real Estate Commission would mail you back your, your license. Mm -hmm. Well, that'd take two, three weeks. Right. And so what I did when I knew I passed and sent the information over to the Real Estate Commission, I started writing notes to people that I knew, uh, my friends from high school who had actually gotten a job, mm -hmm. and then a, a lot to their parents, a lot, of, a lot of the young people forget the parents will really help them yeah. because you're a friend of their child mm -hmm. and they want you to be a success, a success as well as anybody. So yeah. anyway, I did that, wrote some notes, made some phone calls, and my license came in on a Saturday. My father actually called me and said, son, your license came in the mail. I said, I guess I'll start Monday. <laughs> and he says, well, whatever, you know. So, okay. And so walked into the office. Uh, he said, all right, here's your desk. And he put me in between two chain smokers. Uh, inside. Inside, yeah. Cause, and I don't smoke. And so he was, he was not trying to help me. He, right. he, he wanted to shoo me out the door and go find something <laughs> else to do. This was a test. This was just like a giant test. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, got in there, and about 45 minutes later – the receptionist uh, calls out, Scott, you've got a call on line one. And I'm going, what? <laughs> Does anyone know I'm here? <laughs> yeah. I said, my mom knows I'm here. Is she calling me? What's going on? And so um, I picked up the phone, and it was my best friend from high school. Hmm. And he had gone to a different college, but, you know, we were back in Atlanta. And he calls me. He says, excuse my nickname from high school. He says, skew. Met a guy at a party this past weekend, and he said, you want to buy a house? I got his name and number for you. Wow. Because part of the thing that we don't do as agents when we're first starting out, uh, we'll have friends that will say, well, give me some business cards. I'll hand them out for you. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's all fell you know, fine. That's not going to really help you, though, because the recipient of your card is going to put it in the trash can. Right. And so you've got to train your, well, I call them bird dogs. You've got to train your bird dogs to find the clients, but then call you and tell you who they gave your business card to mm -hmm. and how to reach them. For sure. Because you're motivated to call these folks. And yeah. so anyway, he gave me name and phone number. Jim O'Donnell was the young man who was buying his first home. And I worked up, and that was about 9.30 in the morning, so at uh, about – 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I finally worked up the courage to call. Hmm. I, I didn't know what to do because yeah. there was no post licensing back then. Right. Okay. It was, here's a desk, here's a phone, good luck, you're on your own. <laughs> and so I called him up and uh, I said, you know, I was referred to. He says, yeah, I want to buy a house. And I said, okay. He says, well, can we look over the weekend? And I said, well, I could get with you about 1 o'clock on Sunday. And he said, sure, great. And I said, okay, well, what are you looking for? I knew enough to ask that question. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and um, 
So that, that got me started. Mm. Well, three days later on a Thursday, on the following Thursday from that Monday, I get another phone call. And this guy by the name of Charlie Bradford called, and I had no idea who, who this guy was. Mm. And he could tell by my voice, I have no idea. And so he says, <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's commonplace. But right, right. Anyway, um, he said, um, you went to school with my sister, Sissy. And I went, yeah. And he said, and you wrote our mother a note that you were in real estate. And I went, yeah. And he says, well, my step-grandmother-in-law. Now, follow that one on the yeah, family step, tree, okay? Okay, got it. Uh, <clears throat> the step-grandmother-in-law uh, was going to be put into a nursing home, and they wanted to sell this house at the corner of Peach Street, Dunwoody Road, and Larden Circle. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And he said, can we meet you tomorrow? And I was like, uh. At 1 o'clock. Okay. And so what do I do? I go back to my dad now. I go, hey, dad, <laughs> you know, this is happening. What, what do I do? And he, said, and he just looked at me and says, I'll go with you. <laughs> okay. And so we go out there um, and get back in the car after about an hour and a half of talking to people. I had a new listing. Excellent. Hey, baby. Damn, four days in. That's going to yeah. be a record. Somewhere. Sweet, sweet. That house sold in two weeks. Mm. The following Sunday, you know, three – Two days later, on Sunday, I pick up Jim O'Donnell, the third house I showed him. He says, I like this home. I went, great. And I kept on driving. And we got to about the seventh or eighth house. He says, I like that house back there. I went, oh, uh, 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 okay. <laughs> and he said, all right, um, let's make an offer. I said, okay. And so I'm driving back to the office, and I don't even know what a contract looks like. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, crap, this is not going to be good. But what happens? I see my father had driven to the office. He apparently had just this feeling that, you know, this dumb kid is probably going to need some help. And drove up, wrote a contract. I presented the contract. We negotiated that night. So I had two deals in my first two weeks Mm. of real estate. Now, I thought I was God's gift to real estate. <laughs> yep. And so I went out and bought a bunch of new suits. Mm. And then I went and bought a new car on a 90-day note. Mm-hmm. And my dad's going, son, son, slow down, slow down. I said, stay out of my way, old yeah, man. Do, do you I'm know who you're natural. talking to? Yeah, do you know who you're talking to here? I just closed two deals my first week in real estate. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, three months later, I got about a week to go before that note's due. Hadn't done anything. Oh, boy. So I go back to my dad. And I said, Dad, how do you sell real estate? And he says, well, have you ever sold anything? I said, yeah, yeah. Remember I had those two deals right off the bat? He goes, oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, vaguely I remember that. <laughs> How'd you get that? And I said, well, I wrote a bunch of notes, made a couple phone calls, got a couple of leads. He goes, have you called anybody since? I said, well, everybody knows I'm in real estate. He's, and he just looked at me and says, Has, have you called anybody else? Mm-hmm. I went, everybody knows. Have you called anyone else? Right. Yes, sir. And I <laughs> left because I knew what I had to do. And I got right. on the phone, and I ended up doing pretty well that first year. And then followed that up with really good years. And mm-hmm. I was very fortunate. You know, I'm a native of Atlanta, so I know a lot of people went to – public schools until uh, ninth grade, and then ninth grade transferred to a private school, then went to University of Georgia. So, you know, I, I when my, I met my, my soon-to-be wife, and we were having uh, 
dinner one night before we were ever, ever engaged. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, I don't really like going out with you. I was like, well, <laughs> forget about that one. <laughs> Next. And she goes, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. She says, but we can, we have no privacy. Mm. Everywhere we go, you know somebody. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I said, well, look at the good, bright side. If I mess around on you, I'll get caught. Everyone will know. And she goes, good, yeah, it's a good thought. So, <laughs> let's move forward. Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go. But anyway, it's it's all about you don't want to be a secret agent. Right. And you've, you've got to be out there. you got to, you know, be visible. Mm-hmm. And I took that concept to a thing that, you know, a lot of people call farming, mm-hmm. farming a neighborhood. Well, Back in those days, um, again, there's no electronic uh, submissions through you know Facebook. So it's all that we didn't even have fax machines until I've been in business about two years, mm-hmm. and no computers until I was in business about five or six years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, we're in the dark ages. <laughs> but um, I would create a newsletter for a neighborhood and hand deliver it. I'd knock on the door on a Saturday and a Sunday, uh, and if they weren't there, I would leave the newsletter on their on the outside of their mailbox, between the flag and the mailbox uh, itself. And the newsletter was about the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now I had different sections in it. I had uh, helpful hints from Heloise. Uh, recipe of the month. Mm. Uh, do you need to find out what your house is worth? Are you moving to another city? I can refer you. I had different sections in it. And then the last section was neighborhood news. And so I would hand deliver this and I, I would be in a suit. And the first newsletter I did was in July. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. And I'm in a three-piece suit walking the streets <laughs> Handing out newsletters. Guaranteed to be over 100 degrees, too. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, like, you get up, it's 7.30, 8 o'clock, it's already, like, 95. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I can, I can, I'm getting the visual there. I so see it, it was, it was <laughs> ugly, but it worked because I would be ringing doorbells and people would come looking at me and go, oh, my God, let me get you some water. Mm. And I didn't have to say anything. Yeah. And, but I would just say, you know, here's your Lardin's newsletter, mm-hmm. and I'd walk away. Mm. They would have to, you know, call out to me if they want to have a conversation because sure. I wanted them to open the door the following month. Right. All right. And I would take over a neighborhood in a matter of five to six months because they saw me. I was visible. Mm. And when we got into the mid-80s to late 80s, uh, you could get, you know, pay a company to send out postcards mm-hmm. and you know, generic newsletters. I was spanking them because it was personal. Yeah. It was about this neighborhood and you know who I am. Right. So farming, I think, is something that a lot of agents don't do anymore. And mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to get started. Um, pick an area that you like. Yeah. Don't just pick one because it's there. Well, I love that. And you, I mean, especially in today's age where, there's so much technology that we can leverage for the real estate business. And most people do, I think, a pretty good job of it, like your CRMs and your email newsletters and your mailers and, you know. But to your point, 
a lot really hasn't changed as it relates to that. And that tried and true method of constantly being in front of people, I think really, really works. So not much has really changed in that part. It's just Mm -hmm. how we go about doing it. But to your point, I have found that even with social media and the technology that we have, when you deeply personalize it, when I shoot a video that says, hey, Scott, it's Matt, it's Friday, I'm really excited about the weekend, here's what we're doing, what are you up to? Now you're like, he took 30 seconds out of his day to send me a personalized video. Like, and to me, that's the same thing as going to their door and knock. I mean, not that's exactly why you're the successful, same, right? Well, I appreciate that. But I, I love these types of stories because I think that, again, a lot of this old stuff can become new stuff again, and really not much has changed. But mm-hmm. people want, our consumers, our clients, want that personalized service, touch, and, and feel, if you will, from their real estate professional. And there are lots of ways that, that you're, you can farm, too. Right, right. Uh, like, next time you go to your doctor, your dentist, you meet with your financial advisor, ask them who is their business manager mm-hmm. and try to get an introduction to that person because that business manager is probably helping multiple doctor groups, whatever, mm-hmm. and... They're trying to diversify their portfolio, mm-hmm. and you talk to them about, well, I can help you find the real estate. Right. And that's a huge market. Mm-hmm. I, I did some of that and made buku buck. Yeah. All right. So I just don't, I think some people are, are too shy to think that anyone would do business with them that's in that capacity. Right. That's, that's my guess. Yeah. And then um, I learned from, my best friend from high school, David McWilliams, he passed away about a year ago now. But um, he started with Merrill Lynch. Mm. And uh, so I always hung around him, but I started getting to know all the people in his office. Mm-hmm. And my second year, eight of his cohorts bought a home. And, and I sold five of them. That? Did he invite I, you in? Did you just no, pop no, by no, one Honestly, day? he didn't. Yeah, I just popped yeah, by. I, I would. that. Back in the day, closings were always going to be downtown because mm-hmm. we attorneys didn't have outside <laughs> right, perimeter. Right. They, didn't, they didn't know where that, that was. And so I would always try to schedule my closings around lunchtime, and either before or after a closing, I would go down to uh, Peachtree and Marietta Street, uh, where Merrill Lynch is on the 16th floor, I believe it was. And I'd walk past the receptionist and walk into the bullpen because, yeah. you know, he's brand new getting started. <laughs> David... He, his parents never owned a home. Hmm. He bought his parents their first home. Wow. He was extremely successful. Went on oh. to be one of the six district managers for Merrill, oh, Merrill wow. Lynch. Yeah. Nice. He was very successful. He was 6'5". The only way he got to go to college is basketball. Okay. And so I would walk into the bullpen, and I'd see a head sticking out amongst <laughs> the crowd and go, all right, that must be him. <laughs> and um, he, being a gentleman, I would walk up, and, uh, you know, his – buddies who are doing the same thing you know, they were dialing for dollars mm-hmm. they'd be looking up like is this going to be another guy that was going to be calling people like us and he would introduce me mm. so then i would call him back later and say all right now who'd you introduce me to <laughs> right, right and i'd write him a note yeah yeah hey great meeting you well and you know where they work so you got the you got the dress yeah the dress to go with it right yeah yeah and so all i had to do is go back and then if David was on the phone, when I you know walked in, I'd go see Casey Claflin or Bill Lelliot or all these different guys that I ended up selling houses for and becoming buddies with. Yeah. 
But here's another thing. When you get into uh, the financial world, uh, they have athletic leagues mm -hmm. just for the, those type of companies. Mm -hmm. Well, I couldn't play in a game with them, but I practiced basketball and softball with them. Oh, okay. So I got to know all these guys, and yeah. I was just one of the guys. They would have a party, and it would be all Merrill Lynch and <laughs> Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And so that was farming. Mm-hmm. And I made a lot of money. Yeah. Bill Lelliot called me one day. He says, uh, I need you to call one of my clients. I went, okay. And he says, uh, her name is Mrs. Dwiggins. Mrs. Dwiggins has passed away. Uh, she was a sweet, sweet lady. I called her up, arranged to go meet her, get in my car, and I was going to meet her at her home. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm driving, and this is in uh, the mid, yeah, mid to late 80s. Um, and I'm on Lower Roswell Road, heading toward Ros uh, the city of Roswell. And brand-new subdivisions being built on either side. Mm. And then there's all these woods over here, and then the subdivision starts back again. I go, yeah. wait a minute, I, 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 missed, I missed the house. It was the land? She was sitting on 63 acres. Holy moly. Yeah, baby. Ooh. Okay. In Marietta. In Marietta. Nice. Yes, sir. And so... You know, we developed a friendship. She made party favors for a, a Christmas party I was having for the <laughs> office one year, you know, all this other. I did not sell that property, though. Huh. And this is a good thing for people, if they're going to listen to this, they might consider. You have all of these contact management uh, mm -hmm. possibilities. Yeah. You know, they're everywhere. Yeah. If you're going to use them, use them. Back then, we, of course, we didn't have that. I used a shoebox with index cards. Mm. And so I would meet somebody. I, I, I was scheduled to meet someone four times a year. So every three months, I was going to, you know, hopefully be able to meet them face-to-face, -face, but at least call and talk to them. Well, I had Ms. Dwiggins in my, you know, slot to call. And for whatever reason, I cannot tell you why, I did not call her. Mm. About two weeks later, I found her index card in my briefcase and I called her and I said, Ms. Driggins, Scott asked you, how you doing? She goes, I'm doing great, Scott. She says, but you're not going to like me. I knew exactly <laughs> what she'd done. Now this yeah. was after having written three offers mm. for people who wanted to buy her property. Oh, wow. okay. And each time she would find a reason to not sell because mm -hmm. she, she was in her nineties at that point wow. and she was you know, a little nervous. Sure. And so I had gotten a guy with Arthur Anderson, uh, Paul, Paul Demick, to um, figure out a way to make it uh, less taxable income. Mm -hmm. And so she had all these kids and then grandkids and great-grandkids. So we were going to deed, you know, all these all people, the line, little yeah. pieces and yeah. to figure it out. And we did all, <clears throat> planned all this stuff for her. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and everybody needs to remember this. When you get, if you own your home, you're going to get a letter from the governmental entity of your county. It says, here's the new valuation of your home. You need to know when that happens. Mm -hmm. And the day after, you need to start calling people that you've been speaking with about buy, helping them buy or sell people of real estate. That's a good time. Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly was the timing on this one. Mm. 
and she and uh, she says, "I sold the property." I went, "Well, Mr. Wiggins, I'm happy for you. You needed to do this." Mm-hmm. And I says, "Well, why didn't you call me?" Yeah. And she says, "Well, Scott, you know, a couple of days ago, I got my uh, assessment. The next day, I had an unsolicited offer, and see all these other unsolicited offers she was getting. Mm-hmm. She would call me and say, "You need to come by yeah. and look at this sure. and tell me what should I do." Well. You know, she said, I was, I was so mad about my assessment, I just signed the damn thing. Oh, Her words exactly. Oh. And I was like, okay, that cost me over $850,000 of a commission. $850,000. Oh, that was back in the mid to late 80s. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Uh, I mean, you got you to, you, you, you know, oh. I mean, that's the way it is. Oh, now I learned, in, but I learned and that was from again the Merrill Lynch group. Yeah, and then I'll give one more Merrill Lynch thing. Dave McWilliams, as I told you, was very successful. We would always meet at Chee Chee's on Roswell Road on Thursdays mm-hmm. and start the weekend. Yeah, and we were both successful. So, for I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I called to talk to him, and I think I was going to be late or maybe I was going to be early. I don't know what mm-hmm. it was. And uh, Janet, his assistant, answered the phone, and she says, hey, Scott. And I said, Janet, we talked to Mac. And she says, uh, he's not in. I said, oh, okay, when will he be back? And she goes, he doesn't come in on Thursdays. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, he doesn't come in on Thursdays. I went, oh, God, No. Because we were kind of competing with each other as mm. to who was doing better in our industry yeah, so yeah, on, yeah. A, on a friendly basis. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, you got to have something to motivate I, you sometimes. I get it. And um, I finally met up with him at Chi Chi's. Looked at him. And I said, how'd your day go? He says, had a good day. I said, doing what? He says, well, I was working, calling on people. I went, you're not telling me the truth, Bubba. <laughs> You were in the I, office. I talked to Janet. I talked to her, And yeah, she says, you don't come into the office. So what, you were busy doing your laundry, grocery <laughs> shopping? And he says, no, this is what I do on Thursdays. He said, I drive to an office building I've never been in. I take the elevator, around 8.30 in the morning, I take the elevator to the top floor. And I go and I start going door to door. And I ask to see the owner of the business or the manager. Okay, and so I'll do the top floor, and then I'll walk down the steps, next floor, and work down, yeah, work my way down. I will end up, uh, you know, going back to my apartment, calling Janet and say I need a C letter for these people, a B letter for these people, and an A letter for these people. The C letter was, sorry, I missed you. I'd love the opportunity to meet. You know, this is who I am. That was that. A B letter was to someone who he met with who would give him some outrageous uh, return on investment ideas that these are the minimum. I mean, I want a 30% ROI mm-hmm. uh, or I don't want to mess with it at all. Yeah. And so that, you know, he would have a letter that said effectively, sorry, we don't have products like that right now, but if I come across them, I'll get in touch with you. And then the A letter was somebody who gave him reasonable expectations. And he say, you know, I've got some uh, good ideas for you. I'd like to make an appointment. Da, yeah. da, da. And, and I looked at him, and, and this was the bad side of me because I thought I was doing, you know, real well. <laughs> and I said, Mac, 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 that's grunt work. 
Why are you doing grunt work? We're, we don't need to do that kind of work. And he says, well, he says, Skew, how much do you have to invest with me to get started with if you're going to work with me? I said $100,000. And that was a lot of money. Still and, you know, we, were tw- we were 26 years old. <laughs> 26 back yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of money. Lot but of he money. was that good mm. that he could command that. Sure, sure. And so uh, I said, you know, $100,000. He said, yeah, yep. I said, how much do you think I will make off of each client? I went, I got no clue. He said, you know, I'll make somewhere between forty-five dollars and $65,000 a year off of each client. So I'm, I said, all right, well, now, how many people, after you've gone through this exercise, how many people would, would be a client of yours? He said, eh, one or two. So, you know. So, in effect, he was making seventy to ninety thousand dollars on that day. On he Thursday. wasn't going to get it on that day. <laughs> right, 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 right. But he was, you know, getting ready to bank it. Yeah. And so, just for one day's worth of work, too. That's I right. Mean, when you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what do I do? I'm going to mimic him. Okay. He's successful. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to be original in this business to make buku buck. Correct. Right? Well, and nothing is really truly original. It's all been done before, yeah. maybe differently, in a different way, with a different tone, but everything is the same. Yeah. So anyway, what I started doing is, in, in, it was back in those days, there was a company called Scientific Atlanta. Now, Scientific Atlanta closed in the 90s. No, they just closed in 2004. I think it's fairly recently. Like Petrie Corners. Yeah, in, in Petrie Creek Corners. Area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were a, a, a technology company which was new for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, they were out, out in Peachtree Corners, and I wanted to start calling on businesses. I decided, you know, instead of a high rise, mm-hmm. I would start calling on selected businesses. And I wasn't going to call on people who, you know, like Bell South, AT and T, Delta Airlines, anything like that, because they were going to have their real estate division or their, you know, go-to brokers already. Right. So what I did is I picked up this, at the time, fairly new newspaper called the Atlanta Business Chronicle. <laughs> you know, very good newspaper. Yeah. And toward the back, it would have a section on businesses that were applying for business licenses, mm. alcohol licenses, uh, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for people who are, oh, my office was in Dunwoody at the time, so I was adjacent to Peachtree Corners. And so I was looking for small companies that were just starting out and I would go and walk in, you know, just cold Turkey, walk into these offices and I would say, hello, I'm Scott Askew at the time with Askew Realty Company, which mm-hmm. I closed that down. Yeah. But, um, and they, you know, uh, and I said, I'd like to see the owner or the manager. And it, when I got to see him, I would say, I'd like to be your real estate agent. And they'd look at me and they go, well, I've already leased this space and I've already <laughs> bought a home, so son, you're a little late. Yeah, right. And I said, well, no, that's not actually what I was talking about. Mm. And then they go, well, what exactly are you talking about? And I said, all right, well, let me ask you a question. Are you trying to grow this company? Well, I knew the answer. I mean, every owner wants to build Still their today. Company. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. So they go, well, yeah. And I go, okay, great. Now, do you find that most of your talent comes from the Atlanta metropolitan area? Or are you having to go outside the metropolitan area to find talent? Mm-hmm. 
And back then, you know, technology wasn't anything in in Atlanta. Right, right. And so yeah, I, no tech, no Atlanta Tech Village or anything like <laughs> like that. No. IBM was coming eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> I used to do a lot of business with IBM, though. <laughs> I've, I got I got uh, to meet the trainer for the Atlanta area oh, wow. IBM, mm. and he knew who was coming in and who was you know, and he kept feeding me. I love it. Oh, I loved I love it too. <laughs> but anyway. Um, what was it talking about? Um, so you would ask them where they oh, yeah. were coming from? I, I would say, you know, uh, so what do you do? You, you send out uh, requests for in the middle of uh, your resumes. And he goes, yeah. And you get, what, hundreds of them? He says, well, it depends. But, yeah, we get a lot. Yeah. And I said, and so you would uh, go through all those resumes and then narrow it down to 25, 30. And then you would start calling, mm-hmm. talking to them on the phone. He goes, yeah, yeah, you're you're – it's like you've done Run this pretty before. good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said, and then uh, I said, and so then you would narrow it down to what, two to five people that you would actually fly into Atlanta to interview. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I just looked at him and I said, so who picks him up at the airport? And he just would look at me with you know, <laughs> stunned look. And then usually he would then point to somebody out and you know, in, outside of his office, like a, a secretary or somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, all right. Here's what I want to do. I want to become your mini chamber of commerce. You give me two to three weeks notice on who you got coming in. I will contact them. I'll ask them if they were to accept a job offer that they may or may not get. Right. uh, What kind of home would they be looking for? Mm. And how far are they willing to drive from the office to that dwelling? And... Then what I will do is I will send them some information on available homes, and then I'll arrange to pick them up at the airport. I'll show them some of the iconic buildings throughout Atlanta. Then I'll take them and see, show them two or three homes that meet their quality, you know, what they were uh, looking for, and then I'll bring them to your office. And I almost batted a thousand on this one. Wow. And the uh, owners will look at me and say, What would you charge me? And I said, Well, if you just reimburse me for the cost of lunch. Oh. Sold. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> now, what that then did is that set me up with that company because, you know, when I'm calling these people, they know the, the name of the owner that they have a, uh, an interview with sure. in a couple of weeks. Sure. And I'm saying, Bill told me to call you. Well, they're right. going to listen to me. Correct. Because I'm connected to Correct. the boss man. Yeah. And so I got a, I did a lot of business that way. And um, the of those two or three or that may come in to be interviewed and then only one gets a job, I know I'm going to get that person to buy a home. Right. Well, the other two are going to be new bird dogs for me out in Phoenix or Dallas or Minneapolis or wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Because and, and they're going to run into friends who maybe are getting a transfer to Atlanta, or whatever, and they say, "Yeah, I met a real estate guy, and he was kind of nutty, but you know, he he knew something about real estate. So here's his <laughs> name, name and number, and you know, so I had bird dogs working yeah. for me all over uh, the the country. I love it, and we can do that. I don't know of anybody in my office that's doing that. Interesting. If they are, they're being very quiet about it, not, yeah, not yeah. telling me about it. But there's mm-hmm. lots of ways in today's environment, with even though you have all this technology, to get personal. Mm-hmm. Go shake hands. Right. 
And those people that are comfortable doing that typically seem to make a lot of money and have a lot of success. Well, it's such a soft intro, too, because I do um, a little bit of that where I go to past clients' offices. And mm -hmm. a lot of my clients are small business owners. So they own their own insurance agency or they've got their own financial uh, group that they, you know, work with. And I go and I take them lunch or I'll take them a sweet treat on a Friday afternoon or whatever. Because to me, that that soft intro, like you know me pretty well, I'm not a hard sales guy. I'm not calling you, hey, who do you know looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate today? Like, I'm just not that guy, right? Um, but I love the soft landing too. And you're right, as long as you're there, other people in an office, especially a small office of five to 10 people, 50 is great, 100 is phenomenal, but you're not going to meet all those people. But, you know, the five to 10 I love because you're immediately getting intro introductions. And mm -hmm. I'm now, even from year one, and I've only been in the business for four years, but from year one, someone introduced me at their office. I'm still talking to them about buying real estate. They have not bought anything, but I know when they will call me. So I love, I love that. I love that so much. Again, that's another reason why you're successful. Well, I appreciate it. Now, i got one other source of business that a lot of people don't think about. CRB, CRS courses. Mm. But don't take the courses in Atlanta. Okay. Go outside of Atlanta. Okay. That's what I did. I didn't no, – none For of those For those that don't know, those, oh, those acronyms. Uh, certified Real Estate Broker and then uh, – Certified Residential Specialist. Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, had to think about it. <laughs> I, got, I mean, I got those things back in the late 80s. Mm. I mean, I jumped all over the education. I had to. Mm -hmm. I was young. I was, you know, 22 when I got started. Mm -hmm. I looked like I was 16. <laughs> uh, I grew a mustache to try to look a little older. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I knew better than to try to fake it. Mm -hmm. I would tell people I'm new in the business. Yeah. But then they'd see on my card, and they said, well, what's, a, what's a CRS? I said, I'm a certified real, uh, residential specialist. Uh, I took these courses that I don't have to take, but mm -hmm. I took them so I could do a better job for you. Yeah. Credibility, right? 100%. So it, it helps. Yeah. Uh, but I would always go outside of Atlanta because at the time that I was taking them, the courses were like $500 for a two-and-a-half-day course. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'd have to fly out and pay for um, – Hotel. hotel. Yeah. So I'm spending, you know, a thousand bucks to go take a class. I'm meeting other people who are spending money, who are willing to really up their game. Yep. And sure enough, after, I think it was a CRS. No, it may have been CRB, uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I get a phone call from a girl and she said, you know, I'm so-and-so. Do you remember me? I'm like, mm, got no clue. Yeah. And then she told me why I shouldn't remember her. Mm -hmm. I went, okay, now I remember who you are. <laughs> and she said, my husband and an investment group are looking for a hotel site in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Can you help them with that? And I was like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd never done that before, but I can learn quick. That's right. That's and right. sold them a, a, a site. And my wife and I went uh, to Africa for a two-week photographic safari after wow. the closing. Wow. So, t you know, surround yourself. You, you, we always talk about surrounding ourselves with successful people. Mm -hmm. And we always think about, well, that's the people that are in our community. Right, right. Get to know the 
the good brokers out and about. Mm-hmm. So they'll refer you. I mean, you just got a referral that I signed off on mm-hmm. yesterday. Right. And they're not coming. They're not in Atlanta. Right. You do a good job of contacting people in all these different cities that are connecting to Atlanta because Atlanta is a great hub. Right. If you do those things, you're going to make it in this business. Yeah. You're not going to be part of the 88% that get out of the business within five years of obtaining their real estate license. I appreciate the compliment and and the nice words, but I, I think you're right. I think that's... You know, you, you you said grunt work, and I call it the grit. Like there's this there's this thing deep inside of some of us yeah. <laughs> that we think about things differently, that we want to try things differently. And, and honestly, some of them are easier to do, but they seem more difficult. Yeah. And when you first go out and do them, you're like, this feels weird because I love getting comfortable and being uncomfortable. There's something really powerful about that. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on is because – A lot of the stuff that you've done and the stories that you've told today, I think really accentuate the fact that there's a a ton of different ways you can go about being successful in this business. But you do have to be willing to try some new stuff every once in a while. And and I love your your final point there because that's one thing that I really focused on the last year was getting outside of not just the brokerage but the model itself, other brands, other resources, other education, and connecting with people that were like me. Because to me, if I'm going to send you a referral, I want to trust that you know what you're doing yeah. and that you're good at what you do and you do it at a very high level. Because even if someone just comes across a, a social media post and says, you know, we are thinking about making a move to Florida and we're leaving Georgia. We're going to use Matt on this side, but we need someone down there. Awesome. Where? I've got the guy. I've got the girl. Because there's there's a lot. I mean, you mentioned it. And really in the last two and a half years, we've seen a lot more of this, that this interstate traffic right has really increased mm-hmm. um so i love that so much anything else that you'd like to to share or close us out with today go dogs <laughs> oh i hope bill <laughs> i hope bill rawlings is listening to this <laughs> i really really hope he's listening to this no i really appreciate your time scott thank you so much for for sharing the stories and all the insight today it was really helpful and and i hope i hope and i know uh, people got a ton of value out of this. So thank you again for your time today. Well, thank you for doing this. And you've done a great job getting some very talented people to share their thoughts. Well, we're surrounded by a ton of talented people. Yeah, and absolutely. We're very, very blessed in this community to have people that have um, done this for a long time, done this for a short time, had tons of success and built incredible businesses as a result of it. So thank you uh, for that. But thank you for listening today. Uh, If you have not yet subscribed or left a review, go ahead and write us a review. Hit the five stars there. We'd love to have you share which episode you came from, uh, what topic you enjoyed the most, um, any and every bit of information you want to share with us. We'd love to have some input. And we thank you for listening to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.